Hello and welcome to Be The Talks, the podcast that will provide you with resources and tools to improve the quality of life for you and those around you. I am your host, Alejandra Gaitan. And Miriam Vasquez. Today, we're sitting down to talk with Jasmine Bennett, Community Engagement Facilitator, to discuss the structure of the Positive Parenting Program, what to expect if you want to enroll, and provide us with some parenting tips. So be sure to listen all the way through for all the details. Special thanks to our Best Buy Teen Tech Center, a program at Project Vida designed to empower youth to learn different elements of art and technology for allowing us to use the center to record this episode. For more information, visit pvida.net slash Best Buy Teen Tech Center. Yes, so thank you so much for being with us today, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Talking to us about positive parenting. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do? Okay, so I am, as mentioned, uh, Jasmine Benden. I'm a community engagement facilitator. Um, Our official title (laughs) for Triple P is a provider. And what I do is I implement in the schools. Uh, We just finished our cohort in Canotillo High School. Um, We teach parents. Right now we're doing everything through Zoom. So we just teach the curriculum about positive parenting to all and any parents or caregivers who are interested. And Triple P is the name of the positive parenting curriculum, yes. right? Okay. So it's a uh, positive parenting potential, I believe, is mm-hmm. the whole title. Okay. Yes, and it's it's a whole curriculum um, starting from ages zero to seven, and then we go into our teenage years where it's, um, I believe, we start at ten to seventeen. Awesome. So it's a lot of a lot of topics to cover. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, and it seems important that it's divided by ages, right? Oh yes, um, because in the very beginning, I mean, we talk about like po- what is positive parenting, and then it goes into how this helps kids. And as we go further into it, specifically for age group, we talk about like bedtime routines, um, shopping with your little ones. I know it's a big one. Um, oh, like for tantrums and stuff. Yeah, like that. oh, that's good. <laughs> um, but it's even. There was one with uh, managing fighting and aggression with between siblings because mm-hmm. I know that's a, we all have like multiple kids in our community mm-hmm. and it's hard when mm-hmm. they're fighting and sometimes parents don't know how to um, engage or how to react yeah. to that so it's really important. Awesome! Thank you so much for sh- for sharing. I think the one that stands out to me and I think it could be personally, you know, I I don't have kids but I have niece and nephews. Mm-hmm. And whenever I go with them to the grocery store, it's, it can it can be a bit of a battle. It can be a bit of a battle, and and I think you know, battle of wheels, right? <laughs> Who's gonna win? Um, but you know, so I think of of that and how it could be very helpful for parents. Could you could you talk to us more about where you come from and and how this work that you do ties in? Uh, I guess you know, c- helps you continuously do what you do on, on an everyday basis at Part of Vida? Yeah, um, I actually used to be a parent educator with United Way. Mm-hmm. So I used to work with families in that aspect, teaching mm-hmm. them how to um, be more active in their kids' lives because I think that's something that's missing, especially in our community. Mm-hmm. We're not raised to play with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we assume that the schools can, like, teach them on their own, mm-hmm. but uh, we're their teachers uh, for most at home mm-hmm. so we used to teach playing with them activities things like that so going into this and having my own kids as well mm-hmm. um it's taught me a lot i am i use a lot of the strategies of my 10 year old um doing the teen curriculum has taught me how to even talk to my brother he's 16 and yeah. teaching my mom like okay well you can't react right away or you can't yeah. come off like you're angry because then he's gonna close up and 
So it's taught me a lot in that aspect, being an educator and having my own kids. It's taught me so much, and I'm continuing to learn the more that I'm teaching this curriculum. That's great, and I think that is a testament to the program, right? That you're able, you're not just a facilitator, but you're also a learner in this process, right? Yes, and I think that makes parents a lot more comfortable, at least the ones that I've had Mm -hmm. in my um, program so far, letting them know, like, I'm not, I'm supposed to be the expert, and I promise I am, but Mm -hmm. I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm learning with you, and I'm still uh, using these strategies as well. So it's like, Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't teach or uh, ask parents to do this if I myself didn't try practicing it at home as well. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, it makes it easier for them to feel more comfortable and opening up. Like, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to learn and practice with you as well. Yeah. And so could you also, and forgive me if, if you might have mentioned this already, but I guess could you kind of walk us through to how this curriculum looks being implemented, like times and, and how much uh, um not necessarily time again, but like how much, like the structure. Yeah, the of structure how it looks. of it, the the resources, how much engagement do you need from parents, and so on and so forth. Yes. Um, so the strategies that we use sometimes are uh, we have like tallies, behavior contracts, um, learning in general, just how to communicate. Mm-hmm. So it is sticking to something. Uh, Consistently, if that's the correct word. Yeah. Um, so we have to remain consistent, and that's what I always tell parents. It's you can't uh, try it once and expect it to work right away. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that you do every day. It has to be practice for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that I I implement it at home and how I tell parents is it's going to take about two weeks, maybe longer, for you to get used to doing this with your kids, talking mm-hmm. to them. It's a very big change when they're you yourself are not used to it, and your kids also they kind of look at you like, "What's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> so this is new. That's yeah, what is happening. <laughs> like she's not yelling yet. I don't know if I should be scared. <laughs> yes, right. So it's I always tell them like it's gonna take time. We're not going to be perfect, and that's mm-hmm. like the number one thing is mm-hmm. that this program we want you to practice it. We don't expect you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have moments where it just like elevates to a level where you're like, no, I cannot stay calm in this moment. Right. <laughs> and then there are times where you can reflect and be like, okay, I can stop, I can take a breath and we can try this again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I even mentioned yesterday, like I learned something really important during this program is um, when disciplining or when having conversations with your kids or teenagers, it's okay to take a break when you're talking to them. Like mm-hmm. if it escalated and you're like, you know, let's take a pause and come back to it. It's okay mm-hmm. to start over and try it again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's how we do it. And again, it's not, it's important to have it structured. Mm-hmm. Um, something if you have to have like an agenda, have it on your fridge, just something to make you more conscious and aware of what you're doing. That's the best way that we can uh, put into practice at home. So it seems like it's a lot of behavior change for parents yes. so that then they can help their children and their adolescents yes. deal with their own behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's actually why I like this program a lot. It's not just focused on how can I make my child behave better? It's how can I as a parent also um, change my behaviors mm-hmm. to be more positive? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, I try to express to parents, I'm not here to judge on your parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not trying to say that what you're doing is wrong or um, it's not the right way, but it is evidence-based, mm-hmm. um, which is really awesome. So showing parents like, this is how it works, this is how it can work. Um, and it's just a new tool is the best way to mm-hmm. explain it. It's a tool that you can use for your parenting mm-hmm. skills. 
And so you're saying that it's evidence-based, which I'm assuming that it comes with a required number of lessons, yes. a required number of time that parents need to engage with it, yes. and that you need to provide consistently the same information so that, you know, we can actually uh, see the same results as when the studies were conducted so yes. that, you know, the change and the impact that was recorded is actually reflected in the parents that you have. So what you know how many weeks does it take like how long is each session like what can parents expect if they want to enroll in this curriculum so we do um every week we were doing it um wednesdays and thursdays it might change during the following year depending on the school and parents needs um, we started at 6, and they usually lasted until 7.30 to 8. Okay. Um, so it is required that parents attend every session if possible, just mm -hmm. because the information all comes together. It's mm -hmm. all very relevant. Um, we also have it in English and Spanish. So one day it is designated for English. The other day is designated for Spanish. Mm -hmm. And we try to, we're doing it again through Zoom. This way mm -hmm. parents, I found that they love it better through Zoom. They're yeah. able to cook and clean and still listen in. So... Um, the only requirements that we really have is that you're in El Paso. Um, mm -hmm. If you're a caregiver, if you're grandma, whatever you are, mm -hmm. as long as you have kids within the age group being 0 to 7 or um, 10 to 17, you're more than welcome to join in uh, the group meetings. Okay. And then um, we do go out to do outreach in the school. So we do pass out like our flyers with our information. Mm -hmm. And sometimes word of mouth even. A lot of families have been coming in yeah. word of mouth, which is amazing. It's nice to know that parents who have been impacted are like, yes, do it. Yeah. It's, it's so They're informational. It yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to see that we are making a positive impact in these parents' lives. And I'm sorry if you already mentioned it, but how many weeks does it mm -hmm. take? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, it's eight presentations total, so I want to see about eight weeks. Okay. Eight okay. to nine weeks, okay. just about. Okay. And yeah. do you all have a max number of parents that can join every session no um we want to invite as many as possible mm -hmm. um we don't want, of course we don't want to overwhelm other parents mm -hmm. because we want them to participate and feel comfortable talking um but so far we've been really good with keeping numbers at 15 okay. um sometimes they do drop off a little bit of course mm -hmm. but like the the small groups they talk a lot more i notice that even in big groups like parents are very comfortable talking to mm -hmm. each other and it's like your other support system besides your family mm -hmm. um having people who are going through the same thing you currently are going through um they give really awesome advice and some of these parents give me really good ideas too i was like <laughs> oh my gosh like thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah so it sounds like could you talk to us also a little bit more of the structure of the actual time, right? So do you all have presentations and then maybe there's time for reflection where, you know, parents are able to speak about their best practices or does it just kind of happen organically as you're doing the presentation and, you know, you have people speaking up and and just kind of sharing their, their tips to other parents? I would say it's a combination. Okay. Um, I do tend to pause in between a lot of the presentations because we are we have to follow the curriculum. So it's a presentation mm -hmm. that I'm showing the parents. Um, and I will pause sometimes to ask some questions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one or two parents will speak up. Mm -hmm. And then we do leave about 30 minutes at the end for parents to just reflect. Um, I bring in wellness into the end of the presentation. Mm -hmm. So 
I want them to be able to like express like, okay, what elements of wellness affects you mm-hmm. and your kids and how can you change it or if you need to change this behavior? Mm-hmm. And then they also start communicating with each other. They give really great advice, like I mentioned, and they're a lot more active towards the end because it's mm-hmm. a free-for-all. Yeah. <laughs> they can all just speak about their experience and what they've been doing. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's uh, really a, a safe space for, yes. for parents to be in there and kind of learn from you, kind of learn from each other. Could you, you mentioned kind of going back to the fact that you mentioned that it is age appropriate, for example. So could you talk to us a little bit more on like the distinctions that you all have between those younger children and the things that parents would learn when they would go to a lesson for older children? Yes, definitely. So we do split them into two parts. We never have parents who are teen, have teenagers in our school age one, unless they, of course, uh, have multiple kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but our topics are very different. So our for our school age ones, we focus on, like I mentioned, the shopping, managing aggression and fighting, mm-hmm. um, more behavior because that's when they're little, they're a little bit more yeah. temperamental and mm-hmm. they do a lot of things that you're just like, where do I even start? Right. Whereas teenagers, we try to focus on their emotional well-being. We try to focus on keeping them um, connected to their uh, broader community. So at school, mm-hmm. um, making sure that when they're into adulthood, they're not... Uh, I don't, I guess, like, they're better at adulting is the mm-hmm. best way right. I can say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we they focus have more on, skills. And yes, tools. exactly. Mm-hmm. And we teach them uh, surviving skills. We want parents to learn how to have that communication with them mm-hmm. as teenagers without being the parents who are just watching over them all the yeah, time like the and ca- helicopter parents yes mm-hmm. thank you we, it's like you can be a tiger mom but don't get crazy yeah. <laughs> you want them to be comfortable coming to you as a parent mm-hmm. so it's very different in how we teach it um we're teaching parents to essentially let go and when mm-hmm. they're teenagers like you have to be able to have this trust and your teenagers have this trust in you so mm-hmm. it's that is i think the major difference in the curriculum okay and i think i something that that was highlighted to me right now when you were speaking. I mean, it's great that you all have these distinctions between age groups, obviously. Um, Their development is going to be different, so their needs are going to differ, and it's important that parents continue to stay in tune. Um, I think if you've you've had experience with this, um, I'd like for you to elaborate on the fact that you are teaching parents how to let go. what has been your experience from that? Because I know that maybe some parents, it's hard to let them go. They're like, but, but they're my babies. Even if they're 15, 16, obviously 18, 19 going to college, they're still my baby. So how do you manage to not, I guess, scare parents, right? With that idea of I'm teaching you to let go or, or let your children be adults or grow into being adults. Yes, um, I think I've always explained it. Like, <laughs> I try to say like, Teenagers are kind of like toddlers, just they talk a lot more. <laughs> At this stage, like, their emotions are everywhere all over again. They have their tantrums, but in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. So it is hard to see them as older adults mm-hmm. because they are your babies. And so I tell parents, I'm like, it's, it's okay to just kind of let them be independent. They're not going to live with us mm-hmm. forever. And if you want to create that trust, it might be good to start now. Mm-hmm. Um, opening that communication, letting them know like they can trust you and come to talk to you 
while still being independent. And I remind parents, think of when you were younger. How did you like when your parents um, were helicopter parents over you? Did you like it? How would you have changed it? Mm -hmm. Um, I noticed a lot of parents open up from there, and apparently a lot of them have tried changing their parenting styles, and Mm -hmm. sometimes they catch themselves acting like their parents. Mm -hmm. And like, see, Mm -hmm. it is hard letting Mm -hmm. go. It really is. But it's important to to just kind of have that development of, okay, I have to let them be independent, mm-hmm. but I also want them to know that they can depend on me when um, times of need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talked about the structure of the program. We talked about uh, what can parents uh, expect if they join, uh, you know, the difference or why you have different age groups, the different strategies that you teach in each yeah. one of them. If you had to, you know, very briefly like conversationally explain to a parent what is positive parenting what would you say to them i would say positive parenting is uh it's a form of parenting that we are trying to teach now where parents kind of allow their children to feel their emotions Mm -hmm. um to express themselves in a respectful way of course Mm because i know sometimes kids can take it overboard (laughs) (laughs) so it's more of um conscious parenting if that makes Mm -hmm. sense we want to be conscious in the way that we speak to our kids we want them to be independent um we want them to have that positive emotional wellness in themselves Mm -hmm. so we with positive parenting that's what we focus on and it's hard for parents to let go of Mm -hmm. especially here in our community we are very stubborn (laughs) um hispanic culture we don't like being told like this isn't how we do it we're strict and my child is not going to be this way but we try to teach like it's it's kind of like gentle parenting we Mm -hmm. have to be patient we can't expect them to follow everything so it's it's a whole bunch of different ways to describe it, but I would definitely say it's a way of us as parents to learn for ourselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to learn how to problem solve, how to self-regulate, and in turn teach our children how to do the same as mm-hmm. they become adults as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's important, and something that you, you've said, right, it's about being um, conscious parenting, not necessarily reactionary. And yes. and when we touch on the topic of culture and the Hispanic culture, I think you're, you, the way you describe it, it's not so much seeing our, our practices in a deficit base, but more so in an asset base in terms of like maybe instead of focusing on the stubbornness, let's, let's talk about, you know, being mindful of another individual, which also our culture can do that, right? It can yes. be about that. And it's about being nurturing, but what kind of nurturing do you want to be, right? Like, do you want to nurture independence? Do you want to nurture, you know, that self-reflection that you want your kids to have? And so I think that that's from what I'm hearing from this curriculum, right? That it, yes. it touches on that. Yeah, and we try to tell parents, like, it's not a big thing is we, it's not just for mothers. It's mm-hmm. not just for grandmothers. We want fathers in there because we want mm-hmm. to teach fathers as well how they can communicate, how they can positive parent as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's hard, again, coming out of what we were taught when we were younger, that mom is a nurturer, dad is a provider. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to grow out of that. And I notice that um, fathers try to be as involved as possible, but sometimes they don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I become more involved? How do I start this communication? Um, So this is a great program to start that. Like, this is how you can talk to them. This is Mm -hmm. how you can be more involved and um, be playful with them. Teach them all these different skills that you probably wish you had learned when you were younger and you had to learn as you got older. So we try to bring, like, everybody, grandparents, tias, tios, anybody who is in this child's life who wants Mm -hmm. to learn, we invite them into this. So, for example, if I don't have a child, but as Ale mentioned, I have nieces and nephews, 
Is this is a program that I could join? Yes, definitely. And I like seeing the different perspectives because I have one mom who has a teenager, but she also has grandchildren. Mm. And she's interested in doing the school age one. I'm like, yes, definitely. Like, it's amazing the things that you learn because grandparents have their babies cheaply. (laughs) But they're also trying to teach their kids um, maybe how to parent. And there's Mm -hmm. also a different way of parenting. Mm -hmm. So this can definitely help. Maybe it'll bring their kids into this program as well. They can practice it with their grandkids. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's amazing to see how much they learn from this. It it sounds like this program can be that generational shift in families, right? That change in perspective between norms and the roles that we play in our culture, which is definitely a plus. Um, And I think something else that I wanted to explore with you is just the idea of the fact that when, especially in our culture, the roles can mix. And And I say this because sometimes in a household, you have mom, you have you have dad and then maybe you have grandma and then maybe you have an uncle and so all these different things are are, have you experienced that that situation in in terms of you know your you maybe parents are coming in but how did they then communicate to the rest of the family members that may be living in that household how to um how to implement those things you know i think i have parents that um, one is still living with her older daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tries to now, even in herself, shift that. I haven't come across anyone who's lived with other family members in their home, mm-hmm. but I know that they do have that conversation. They're opening up that conversation of positive mm-hmm. parenting. Mm-hmm. And that's shifted the parenting style at home now. Mm-hmm. And um, people who weren't in our program are now more interested in doing it because, like, well, my family member is doing it. I would like to do it as oh, well. Nice. Um, yeah. I can speak for myself. When I used to live with my mom um, and I had my daughter, it's hard because, yeah. like, they want to intervene for everything, mm-hmm. but it's like, you have to let me parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just having that conversation of this is how I want to parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like you to also implement the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard because, again, like you mentioned, the generational thing, parents... They were raised one way. They mm-hmm. raised us a different way. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing it all over again. Mm-hmm. And it can be difficult for them to see the change. But I I imagine that seeing their grandchild and how they're growing and how different they may be with this new parenting style may push them in a positive direction. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this parenting style works and how can I learn more about it? Mm-hmm. I, find, I find this program very interesting because as Ale was mentioning, you know, there's um, an element of community in the way that us as Hispanics... Um, you know, rear our children. Yes. So um, growing up, it wasn't just my parents, but it was my uncles, mm-hmm. it was my grandma. Mm-hmm. And even if they didn't live with me, I saw them as figures that were nurturing and that were family mm-hmm. and that, you know, they had directional um, things say, for me. Yes, yes, say for me. And so the fact that I, as a, as an aunt, for example, mm-hmm. or as a grandparent, can join and can learn and can maybe be uh, in, in this attuned and in the same kind of mm-hmm. wavelength as, you know, my the parents yeah. is like very positive because you know it can very much have that shift in a quicker way maybe oh yeah um i'm glad that you mentioned that actually i never thought of that having the different family members come in it would make the shift faster but Mm -hmm. when you'd say that it's very true um the fact that 
they're interested in coming in just to learn about, well, how can I help my sister with her niece or mm-hmm. nephew? And how can we have this conversation without them getting frustrated? It's true. It moves it a lot faster. There's a better understanding with the family overall. And there's more than likely less pushback from everybody because mm-hmm. sometimes there can be pushback from your own family members. But if they're in this program and they're learning with you, they're putting into practice with your niece and nephew or their grandkids or even their cousins. I know I have older cousins who are like in their 40s and um, they reared me as well when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I imagine like it makes this so much easier for parents um, learning the strategy and doing all those different things with their family. And, you know, as we're finishing off our conversation, could you provide the listeners with, for example, what are some of the strategies that you give parents when uh, trying to communicate with the child that is going through a tantrum? Just a few, obviously not give everything out because the whole point of it is that they join, but um, just so that they can get something away from from this conversation. Some words of wisdom. Yeah, um, I think this is a real funny one with, I have a toddler, she's two, and I now have a seven-month-old. So she goes through her tantrums, especially because she's feeling very celosa. It's Mm -hmm. hard for her. Um, recently she was having a blot. Her feelings were hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what exactly happened, but her feelings were hurt. Mm-hmm. So she's screaming. She's inconsolable. What I had to do was I sat on the floor with her. You, ha- as a parent, have to stay cool, calm, and collected mm-hmm. in the moment, which is very hard. Mm-hmm. But when you're calm, you don't yell. You don't escalate and just tell her, okay, are you upset? And she told me yes. I'm like, okay, do you want to talk about it? And she said no. And I was like, do you want a hug? And she gave me a hug. And it took, like, maybe five minutes. She calmed down right away. Mm-hmm. So I tell parents, like, in the moment, it's hard. It is so mm-hmm. hard to stay calm. But it's best to get on their level. You have to speak in a calm voice and just kind of go with it from there. Ask them open-ended questions. And it's the same with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, they come home and they're upset. Stay calm. Don't fall into a trap of, like, getting upset with them because they're upset with you. Just mm-hmm. ask them the questions. And if you need to step away, it's fine to step away. I think that's a big thing for parents. Like, they don't understand or they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay for you to take a break from your kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay to just say, you know what, I need five minutes because I'm very upset right now. <laughs> and I'll come back. Um, and that's a really important thing, too, is just it's okay to take that break from your kids when it's it feels like it's elevating to a level where nobody's going to be calm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then come back when you're ready to talk. And also, I'm assuming giving that same space to your children, right? If they say, oh, yeah. I don't I don't want to talk and like I, I just I want to go to my room and then whatever. You can also recognize that as much as you might need the space for it to not escalate that. They need it as well. Oh yeah, and you know I think as teenagers they love when parents are acknowledge that because they are mm-hmm. people too. They are mm-hmm. um, their own individual person. So if you tell them, you know, I can see that you're upset. Um, why don't we take 15 minutes and when you're ready to come back, we can have the conversation. And sometimes they don't need to talk about it anymore. They just need to vent, and mm-hmm. in the moment, that's all they needed, and they'll come back and they'll act like everything was fine. Mm-hmm. So it, for them, it gives them the acknowledgement and recognition, like, okay, it's okay to be in, in the feelings that I'm feeling right now. I'm, it's okay to be upset or hurt. Um, and when I'm ready to talk about it, my mom or dad or my tia, my cousin, my grandma, grandpa, they're here for me when I'm ready to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine, thank you. for oh, thank being you for with having us me. today <laughs> and, you know, sharing with us so much valuable information. Um if someone wanted to join these parenting sessions, how could they get in contact with you? Uh, do you already have like the schedule for the next session? 
you know, what can you tell us about that? Um, we don't have the schedule just yet. We're hoping to begin implementing, I believe, at the end of January, if not the beginning of February. Okay. We'll be in the Socorro District, but any parents in Canotillo, EPISD, um, if they miss the first cohort, they're more than welcome to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, we do go out to the schools and do outreach. Um, we pass out our information, the flyers. Um, I believe my number is on one of them. I don't have it on me right now. It's mm-hmm. in my work phone number. But if they're interested and they want to email me, um, my email is j.bennett, it's B-E-N-N-E-T-T, at pvida.net. Um, if they want information and they want to enroll, mm-hmm. if they're interested in the Spanish one, they can um, email my coworker, Cristina, and hers is c.ramos at pvida.net. Oh, one quick clarifying question. Is it just on those districts, EPISD, Canutillo, and SISD, or is it also like for YISD? Any parent. Um, Right now, just because that's where we're implementing, we're trying to get those districts, but anyone who is interested, doesn't matter what district, and again, you don't have to have kids. If you just have a family member, you're more than welcome to come in. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to our listeners for being with us today. As a reminder, if you're looking for more information about the services Project Vida has to offer, check out our website, pvida.net, or on social media as Project Vida AP. Don't forget to follow us and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll see you later. Until next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.